Welcome to OK-ish, a podcast all about mental health in the modern world. I'm Mary Ellen Dance, a licensed mental health therapist, here to strip away misunderstandings about therapy and share exactly what I do in an honest way. Don't worry, you won't hear inspirational quotes or be told to spend more time doing self-care. I'm here to get to the real stuff using my own experiences as a therapist and as a really messy human being. Come and laugh at yourself with me as you learn not how to become great, but how to become okay-ish. Hello and happy Wednesday. Welcome to OK-ish. Thanks so much for listening today. As always, don't forget to follow me on Instagram because that's awesome and send me any questions, comments, and all of that good stuff. Just a reminder, if you like journaling, there is now an okay-ish journal on Amazon, which is pretty cool. So go check it out if you're interested in journaling. All right, so today I am just going to dive right in, and I am going to talk about suicide. So as a disclaimer, if you need a break from the talk, if this is triggering, please turn off the podcast. That is absolutely fine. We don't want you to be triggered. It could be triggering. So just check in with yourself on that. The reason I'm talking about suicide today is because a few weeks ago was Self-Harm Awareness Day, and I did a whole episode all about self-harm. Self-harm is really prevalent in teens. Go back and check it out. But self-harm led to people asking me questions about suicide because, as I mentioned in the self-harm episode, people typically do not self-harm as a form of suicide. Like, they're two different things. And so... People then started asking me questions like, well, then why do people commit suicide? Like, if self-harm is different, like, what does this mean? So I thought, okay, let's talk about this. Another reason I'm talking about this is because this month there was a Teen Mental Health Awareness Day, and unfortunately, a lot of the time we hear about suicide in teens. And so I just thought it was really, really important to talk about. And this is, will not be the last time I talk about this it's such a, because it's such a serious and scary topic. But again, if you're feeling triggered at all, please turn it off. Check back in next week. Send me a message on Instagram to chat because, you know, I love that. All right. So suicide is the 10th most common cause of death in the United States. Yeah. The 10th. That's pretty high up there, if you ask me. About 42,000 people a year in the United States die of suicide. But this is really interesting. 650,000 people in the U.S. have unsuccessful suicide attempts. Which, thank goodness, those are unsuccessful. But that's a lot of people attempting suicide, which is really scary. It's really scary. So... There's a bunch of theories about suicide, as there are with any mental health disorder. But basically, everyone kind of agrees that there's four motivations for suicide. And it's important to note, before I go on, that not every self-inflicted death is suicide. For example, drug overdoses. Drug overdoses are really, really difficult to kind of study and categorize because it's hard to tell if the person did it on purpose or it was accidental. A lot of the time, unfortunately, it is an accidental overdose. So yes, that's a self-inflicted death, 
but it's not considered a suicide. But people agree on basically four motivations for suicide. And, you know, it's interesting because oftentimes people think, oh, suicide, the person must be really, really mentally ill. And that's not true. That's not true. Sometimes, absolutely. But that's not true. So the four biggest motivations for suicide that kind of all these theories agree on are the first one is a death seeker. A death seeker is someone who intends to end their life. They do not want to live anymore. They have a clear desire to die. This problem is often short-lived. I'm sure we've heard the phrase permanent solution to a temporary problem. People who are considered death seekers in that moment, they want to be dead. Again, that is typically not something that lasts a long time, which is really unfortunate. The second motivation is a death initiator. A death initiator is someone who intends on ending their lives, but they're doing it because they believe that the process of death is already underway. So most suicides in elderly people fall into this category. Um, I believe... I actually don't know this. I should look it up. But I know that physicians-assisted suicide is legal in Oregon. Or that was the first state it was legal in. I'm not sure where else it's legal. But that would be considered a death initiator. The third motivation for suicide is a death darer. So a death darer is someone who has kind of like mixed feelings about the intent to die, even in the moment of their attempt. Right, so someone who has like some degree of wanting to die, but their risk-taking behavior does not necessarily guarantee death. So people who engage in really risky activities, people who play Russian roulette, things like that, like they, they kind of like play with death a little bit. That's why it's called a death darer. So the person may have some desire to die, but maybe is not sure. And that's how they kind of act out in their behavior. And then... The fourth motivation for suicide, which is the most prevalent, is a death ignorer. So a death ignorer is someone who does not believe their self-inflicted death will mean the end of their existence. And I don't mean that like they don't realize that dying is dying. I mean that as they are so focused on ending their present pain and getting rid of that pain and suffering that they almost like don't think of anything else, right? It's just like, I need to end this pain. I'm not thinking of the long-term consequences that like I will actually be, be dead. So those are the four main reasons that people commit, attempt or commit suicide. And like I said, it's interesting to know that none of those reasons are a very overwhelming mental health disorder. We'll talk about that in a second. So studying, like psychologists who study suicide, I am not one of them. Again, this is a broad overview, but it's really tough because we can't ask people who have been successful with suicide. So often we do, you know, retrospective analyses, right? Kind of like a psychological autopsy to piece together a person's history to try to understand 
All right. So like I just talked about the four motivations for suicide, like what causes those motivations, right? What causes someone to do that? And yes, one of the causes can be mental health disorders. Oftentimes people with depression, people with bipolar disorder, alcoholism, schizophrenia, PTSD, those types of diagnoses, yes, they absolutely have a link to suicide. But it's not the most common reason for suicide. People who attempt or successfully attempt suicide often have very strong negative feelings and then don't have the proper resiliency skills, not necessarily a diagnosis. There's actually a term, it's called psych ache, which is like a feeling of psychological pain that seems intolerable. And, you know, maybe we can all agree to that to some extent. Maybe we have been through things in our lives. Maybe we've been through grieving processes, divorces, serious illness, or a loved one with a serious illness, maybe abuse, maybe occupational stress, maybe financial strain, right? There's a lot of stressful life events that are linked very closely to suicide. I often do like presentations at corporations and things like that. And one of the most common presentations I do is on stress because stress is the most powerful emotion. And the link between big stressful life events, right? Loss of a loved one, divorce, serious illness, all of those things I just mentioned and suicide attempts and suicide rates is like so, so high. It can affect anyone right? And I'm sure we all can, to some extent, maybe not completely, but to some extent, relate to and understand that psych ache term, that psych ache of feeling this pain that feels intolerable and viewing problems and solutions very rigidly, right? People who attempt suicide often feel like it's their only option, And they're not saying that to be dramatic or difficult or anything like that. That is how intolerable the feelings are. So stressful life events, feeling the psychic, yes, sometimes mental health disorders can be causes of suicide, can be causes for some of those motivations of suicide we just talked about. But the other thing is alcohol and drugs. 70% of people who attempt suicide drink alcohol beforehand. That's a high percentage. And a scary part about that is when we drink alcohol, our inhibitions are lowered, and then it's just more dangerous anyways. So that can be really, really scary. But the last cause that I want to talk about today for suicide, and this cause is really, really prevalent in teenagers, unfortunately, is modeling. It is very common not just with teenagers, but primarily with teenagers, to attempt suicide after observing or hearing about other people who have attempted suicide, both personally and non-personally. Like, for example, the week after Marilyn Monroe died, the suicide rates were 12% higher than normal. So it's really scary. A few years ago, that TV show 13 Reasons Why came out. Disclaimer, I have never seen that TV show. But that's really, really scary because teenagers who are maybe not understanding the point, maybe don't have the proper support systems, they can model things like that. And that's really scary. And unfortunately, it happens 
all the time. So with that being said, an interesting fact that I like to tell people is we often think that teenagers have the highest rates of suicide, which they actually do not. People older than 75 have the highest rates of suicide. 21 out of every 100,000 people over 75 commit suicide. And 11 out of every 100,000 people between the ages of 15 and 24 commit suicide. So not good numbers. We don't want to see that, obviously. But a lot of people assume that suicide is only in teens or that's only where we hear about it. But it doesn't discriminate. And it's actually very, very common in, in the elderly population. So 12% of teenagers in the U.S. have persistent suicidal thoughts, right? LGBTQ teenagers are three times more likely to commit suicide. Now, these statistics that I'm sharing with you are from 2019, so I'm not sure of updated statistics. Interesting to think about like if COVID has been related to it or anything like that because one of the biggest things that they say causes this psychic, this burdensomeness, all of this is isolation. Like isolation is so, so bad for us psychologically. Oh my gosh, it's so bad for us psychologically. And we've all been isolated. I talked last week about the year anniversary of COVID and, you know, how to handle and all of that. But it's really, really fascinating. And and after the show, I am going to try to do a little bit more digging about, especially with teenagers and the isolation that teenagers have felt because, you know, a lot of us adults are either still going to work or still talking to people all day at work. Teenagers are only in school if they're lucky twice a week. So isolation is a really, really big thing. Um, and so it's scary. You know, why is this happening in teens? A lot of teens are feeling isolated. Alcohol and other drugs are pretty easily available to teens, which obviously kind of make everything worse. But a big reason that this is an issue in teens is because of the modeling. So if we go back a second and talk about that that one motivation for suicide, the last one I talked about, which was death ignorer, right? The psychic is so strong that we just are focused on ending the pain and not really thinking about the other consequences. And so feeling that and then seeing seeing on mass media or on Instagram, or I I know I feel really old saying this, but I know kids these days use a Snapchat, right? Like seeing things like that can be so damaging. And, you know, I remember being a teenager and hearing people say, oh, it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem, right? But what does that mean? So I don't know if you've ever heard of post-secret, but post-secret still exists. And it is a guy started post-secret where he basically said anonymously send me a postcard or send me mail with a secret on it. And then he ended up publishing books of people's secrets. And it was a really, really cool thing because people could stay anonymous, but then not feel alone, right? A lot of this, some of the secrets were funny, but a lot of the post-secret secrets are 
I attempted suicide and nobody knows. And I'm so glad that, you know, I'm living now and lots of those types of things. And it was really, really great that this, this guy who started Post Secret would publish books and like share this and encourage people to be able to support each other and all of this. So anyways, when I was in college, he came to my college to speak about what it was like to own this company, what it was like to, you know, read everyone's secrets and things like that. And so he said that he, he shared a story that he got a phone call from a guy who had sent him a few secrets. And this guy said, you know, thank you so much for Post Secret. It has saved my life. It saved my life. I've read other people's anonymous secrets. I know I'm not alone. I was really suicidal for a long time, and it, and it saved my life. And so the, the man kept going with this story and said that he was so deep in his pain that he actually was at the top of the Brooklyn Bridge ready to jump. And so the other guy says, you know, I'm so glad you're alive, but, but let me ask you a question. You're at the top of the Brooklyn Bridge ready to jump. Like in that moment, what stopped you? And the guy said, well, you know, I pictured it so much in my head. I pictured it over and over again in my head. And when I pictured it in my head, I was on the other side of the bridge. And so again, he says, you know, again, I'm really glad you're alive. But like, why don't you just cross to the other side of the bridge? Like, what stopped you? What kept you alive? And the guy said, oh, I couldn't cross the bridge. There was a lot of traffic. That would have been dangerous. Now, I cannot take credit for that story. <laughs> The credit goes to Frank Warren, who is the founder of Post Secret. But isn't that story interesting? Suicide is unfortunately this thing that gets romanticized as a way to end our pain. I have heard clients tell me that when they decided to attempt suicide, that they actually felt better because they were focused on something other than their pain. And so that story tells us that a lot of it is wanting to end the pain and then modeling, thinking that this is the only way out, but not actually wanting to die. So it shows, I mean, there's so many reasons that suicide is scary, but especially if we're talking about suicide in teens, it shows the lack of understanding right? The, the overwhelming psychic and emotional pain. So if you know someone who is struggling, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, the phone number is 1-800-273-8255, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 1-800-273-8255. Please call it. And it's so important to support other people and recognize that this overwhelming pain can come from stressful life events that we all experience. Hopefully, this gives us a good idea of like what suicide actually is. As depressing as it is, I think that knowledge is power, obviously. Why else would I be doing a podcast? So I think that knowledge is power and understanding it can help us maybe understand our own pain, help us understand other people's pain. And when we understand, we can better support people and not isolate ourselves or others because that can be really, really dangerous. And hopefully people realize that even though it doesn't feel like that, 
even though it feels overwhelming and like there's no escape, that it is possible to be okay. Disclaimer, this podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests. If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.